Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is taken from our gospel reading from the 15th chapter of St. Matthew with an emphasis on these words. Jesus answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. This is our text, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. If any of you are avid fantasy readers, well then, you might be familiar with the name Brandon Sanderson. In book four of his popular series, The Stormlight Archives, Sanderson takes time out from the middle of the central narrative to share a short fairy tale, which in the context of the larger story helps one of the protagonists remember who he is and to stop trying to be anything else. This fairy tale, which I'll now summarize for you, is called The Dog and the Dragon. Once upon a time, there lived a man who, with his wife and three children, tended the land and enjoyed a peaceful and idyllic life on his farm. Of course, with him there also lived on his farm animals of all kinds, cows and sheep, pigs and chickens, and dogs. And among the dogs lived one in particular, the runt of the litter. Not big enough to help with the chores, not swift enough to help with hunting game. This dog spent his days longing for bigger and better things. Something special that his owners might recognize him and the other animals celebrate all his accomplishments. But one day, as this dog was laying out in the fields basking in the midday sun, he saw flying overhead a great dragon, its pearlescent scales glittering in the sun, and he called out with a great booming voice, inviting everyone to witness his beauty as he soared majestically through the skies. At seeing this amazing sight, the dog knew at once what he must do to be recognized. He would become a dragon. set about this task in three ways. First, he must be beautiful with glittering scales like the dragon. Secondly, he must have a great booming voice like the dragon. And finally, he must learn to fly like the dragon. Starting with the scales, the dog often saw the farmer and his middle child, his son, and they would be together sowing seeds in the fields of many colors. Now, not wanting to steal from his beloved master, the dog began accompanying the son in the fields, digging with his paws and sowing some of the seeds, until at last he grew a small plot of crops all his own. From these crops, the dog took the seeds to replace the ones he had borrowed, and the rest of them he would soak with water and then roll on in the ground until they stuck to his fur. Looking himself over and now satisfied with his appearance, the dog presented himself to the other animals. But they only laughed and said to him, How silly and foolish you look with seed stuck on your fur. Go back to being a dog. Undeterred, the dog next set about learning to speak with that great booming voice. Studying the farmer's youngest daughter as she learned to speak, the dog did his very best to try to imitate the sounds coming from her mouth, but to no avail. He just could not form words the way that people do. But there was still hope. 
the oldest daughter he saw could write words on parchment. So then he took to imitating her writing. He started scratching little scratches into the ground until remarkably he learned how to form a few letters and symbols. With great pride, he demonstrated his newfound skill to the other animals who, again, only laughed and said to him, How silly and foolish you look, speaking in a voice so quiet it cannot be heard. Go back to being a dog. Disappointed, the dog knew that his last and best chance to become a dragon was to learn how to fly. But of course, he had no wings. Yet one day, he noticed the farmer using a device in his barn to raise and lower bales of hay from the upper loft. The dog watched and waited, learning how the pulley system worked, and then fashioning for himself a leash with his harness, which he fastened with his teeth, he dragged a sack of flour onto the counterweight. He then called all the other animals into the barn to witness his discovery, and he jumped from the upper loft. The weight of the flour keeping him majestically in the air above them before lowering him gracefully to the ground. But still, the, only other, the other animals only laughed and said to him, How silly and foolish you look. You are not flying. You are just falling slowly. Go back to being a dog. Heartbroken, the dog left the barn and returned to the fields, when suddenly he heard a loud cry. Following the noise, he saw the farmer's youngest daughter had fallen into a deep, dark well and would surely drown. At once, the dog knew what he must do. He ran to the house where the family was preparing supper, and he scratched for them a message in the dirt. Help! Follow! Well, seeing this, they were astounded, and they ran after the dog, cutting through the crops while the seeds from the plants scattered on his fur. At the well, the family was distraught to find that all of them were too big to fit into the well's narrow opening and save the girl. So the dog thought quickly and jumped into the bucket, inviting them to lower him down on the rope. And the well, of course, was dark and deep. But those seeds which had stuck to the fur of the dog glittered in the few rays of sun that pierced into the darkness, and the girl was able to see him and take hold as the family pulled them back up to safety. Seeing now that the girl was alive and well, the family took the dog, who was now a hero, into their house. They prepared for him a seat at the table with his very own bowl filled with food from the kettle. And that evening, they laid for him a, a big fluffy pillow by the warm fire, where he lay in his family's arms, who from that day on loved the dog as one of their very own children. Closing his eyes in peaceful sleep, the dog thought to himself, I doubt any dragon ever had it this good anyway. Today's gospel reading introduces us to a woman who most people probably would never give a second glance to. The scriptures tell us that this woman was a Canaanite. The Canaanites, of course, were one of the old historic enemies of God's people, Israel. This woman, we learn, had a daughter who was severely afflicted with a demon. Unable to do anything for her daughter on her own, this woman came to Jesus one day as he was passing through the region of Tyre and Sidon. Clearly, she had heard something about this Jesus of Nazareth, likely how he could perform great signs and wonders and 
even heal people from their afflictions and illnesses. So, in desperation, the woman seeks out Jesus, this Messiah to the Jews, and passing him on the road, she cries out to him, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Perhaps she thought that this Jesus might take pity on her, though she was of a different tribe, even a tribe of people who are often at odds with God's chosen people. In short, she was putting everything on the line, placing all her hope on this one itinerant teacher who, by all rights, would likely want nothing to do with her. So you would excuse this woman, then, if her hopes were dashed when she heard the words of Jesus' own disciples, who urged their rabbi, send her away. She's crying after us. Jesus' response to this whole commotion at first would seem rather uncharacteristic of him, at least to us. Hearing her plea, he responds much as she and the disciples might expect a teacher of Israel to speak to some miserable foreigner from the land of Cana. He breaks his stony silence and says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Perhaps discouraged, but still determined, the Canaanite woman then prostrates herself on the ground before the Lord Jesus. Now, she positively begs him for the sake of her daughter, Lord, have mercy on me. And at hearing her call him Lord, Jesus presses her still further. For who should dare to call him their Lord except those to whom he was promised? It is not right, Jesus said, probably as much to his disciples as to the woman herself, to take the children's bread and to throw it to the dogs. How silly and foolish they must have thought this frantic Canaanite woman. For she was no lost sheep of Israel. She was certainly no child of Abraham. How dare she presume to ask of him those things which were not hers by her birthright. She was indeed in that moment like a dog begging at the feet of their master. Send her away, the disciples said. Stop this racket. Go back to being a dog. Certainly, that must have been how most of Israel would have thought of this woman. A lowly mutt barking up the wrong tree. Perhaps, maybe if she had been born different. Maybe if she had been numbered among those lost sheep of Israel. Maybe if she had been a Pharisee, or why not, a dragon. Maybe then they might have given her the time of day. But she hadn't, and she wasn't. And yet, even at this, the woman did not lose hope. She knew who and what she was before the Lord, the son of David. She knew that of herself, she had no right to ask him for anything, for she was, as we are, a poor, miserable sinner. And yet, she still persisted, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And these words, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, these words 
impressed Jesus. More than a dog learning to speak or to fly. More than any good work which were being done by the children of Abraham in order to try to make themselves important or great before their God. This woman's faith in Christ was so great that she was ready and willing to be brought low so that she could come into his presence. It is as though at that moment she were saying to Jesus, Yes, Lord, before you I admit freely I have no right to boast. More than that, I have no way to make myself worthy of your mercies. Before you, I truly am no more than a dog. Yet, if I am to be a dog, then let me be your dog, that I may receive even a scrap of the glories that fall from your table. For surely, even the dogs in your house eat better than the honored guests of any other worldly table. And hearing her speak, Jesus does something which his disciples probably did not expect. O woman, he said to her, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And at once, the scriptures say, her daughter was healed. I want you to imagine for a moment the shock of the Jews who were following Jesus. They were looking to him, their champion, their king, their Messiah, taking those things which were set aside, they thought, for the people of Israel, and now giving them freely to this foreigner, this enemy, this Canaanite. Is our faith going to the dogs, they must have thought? Yet such is the grace of our God. For he made all peoples, Jews and Canaanites, Asians, Africans, Americans, and he loves them all. He gave his son Jesus Christ to die for them all. And he desires all, not just some, to come and eat at his table and to find life in his kingdom. Jesus would later send out those same disciples who witnessed this act of mercy shown to this woman of Cana. And when he did, he commissioned them using these words, go and make disciples of, what did Mrs. Hicks say? All nations, that's right. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. For you see, God makes no distinction. He made the dogs to be dogs. He made the sheep to be sheep. And of course, he made you to be you. Coming into his house and eating at his table, God does not urge you to conform to any national identity or cultural heritage. He asks only that you remember who you really are, a sinner who was redeemed by Christ crucified. Despite where you come from, despite what language you speak, despite what color your skin is, God wants you to know that you belong ever and only to him. That your eternal dwelling place is under no flag or banner on earth, but it is in your father's house, where he invites all peoples to come and share in the marriage feast of the lamb which shall have no end. The same God who created you, he invites you to rejoice in the identity 
which he has given you. After all, I doubt that anyone else ever had it this good anyway. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God which far surpasses all understanding. Guard and keep your hearts and minds in this same Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.